Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the one and only Sean Sports Stop Podcast, number 279. Thank you guys so much for listening. It is currently Monday night, January 13th, 2020. Not used to saying that, 13 days in. But yeah, um, on today's episode, we have some football, obviously, the AFC and NFC divisional matchups, uh, you know, were in full swing on Sunday. Um... Some NBA trade rumors, college football national championship was today, big baseball news as well. But before I get into that, I just want to let you know that I want to thank Crimson IT for sponsoring today's podcast episode. Crimson IT is a Los Angeles-based managed IT services company that specializes in ultra-reliable and highly secure IT services for the small and medium-sized companies. If you would like to see if any of your company email passwords have been stolen on the internet, reach out to them. And for listeners of my podcast, since I appreciate you guys so much, they will run a free scan on the dark web for any information related to your company that has been leaked, stolen, or sold. If you reach out to them and mention that you found them by listening to my podcast, the Sean Sports Top Podcast, they will run a free deep dark web scan that is worth $6,500 for only $1,500. Again, that's $6,500 value for only $1,500. They can be reached at 310-838-3700. Crimson IT, IT services done right. With all that said, with a plug for my friends at Crimson IT being said, let's get right into it, starting with some funny football stuff. New England Patriots wide receiver Julian Edelman was arrested Saturday night and charged with misdemeanor vandalism after allegedly jumping on the hood of a car in Beverly Hills, California, right where I'm at. TMZ Sports reported the news Sunday and noted law enforcement sources said it was, quote, Apparent to them, Julian had been drinking. (laughs) Los Angeles County District Attorney Jackie Lacey will decide whether to file charges against Edelman, but it's, quote, very possible there's no need for a case if the NFL star handles the situation privately with the car's owner per TMZ. And that is the most likely situation for many reasons. I read the TMZ article, and it's very funny. They threw shade at Edelman and the Patriots, saying, well, of course he wouldn't be in this situation if the Patriots beat the Titans in the, you know, wildcard round. Um, so NFL Network provided further details as Ian Rappaport tweeted, quote, Patriots wide receiver Julian Edelman was arrested at 9 p.m. last night in Beverly Hills. The city's PD said confirming ATMZ report charged with vandalism after he jumped onto a driver's vehicle causing damage. He was cited and is scheduled to appear at the airport courthouse on April 13th. Edelman is a California native and obviously the Patriots, as I said, had their season end with a 20 to 13 home loss to the Tennessee Titans in the wildcard round of the playoffs. The 33-year-old Kent State product recorded 100 catches for 1,117 yards and six touchdowns while playing all 16 games for the Patriots this year. He signed a two-year contract worth $15.5 million in May to keep him with the organization through 2021. Uh, He was named um, last year's Super Bowl MVP in the win over the LA Rams. So obviously their best wide receiver, but this is uh, a fairly comical sort of situation in my opinion. Um, now transitioning to more, transitioning to more football. Oh, give me one second. Some technical, some technical difficulties here. All right, um, more football. As I said, the Cleveland Browns officially named Minnesota Vikings offensive coordinator Kevin Stefanski as the 18th full-time head coach in franchise history on Monday, according to Adam Schefter of ESPN. Stefanski signed a five-year contract with the team. Um, 
Both Schefter and Ian Rappaport previously reported on Sunday that the team planned on making the hire. The 37-year-old spent 14 seasons on the Vikings staff dating back to 2006, working his way up from an assistant to a position coach and eventually offensive coordinator, now the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. Pretty crazy. He's only 37 years old and he's a head coach. And they said it's known that he was on the Vikings staff for 14 years. And I'm not a mathematician, but that means that he was on an NFL coaching staff at the age of 23 years old, which is very impressive. He was first promoted from quarterback's coach to offensive coordinator on an interim basis for the final three games in 2018 and then remained in the role in 2019. He took over a squad that averaged 21.7 points a game in the first 13 games of the season and helped him average 26 points a game in the final three weeks of 2018. The Vikings offense was much more effective overall this past season, improving from, from the number 19 scoring offense to the number 8 scoring offense in 2019. And he was the offensive coordinator, so, you know, the Vikings had a great offense, not only because of him, but he was, you know, definitely a part of it in my opinion. And, uh, yeah, now switching gears to, it's a good hire for the Browns also. Um, definitely a good hire for the Browns, better than Freddie Kitchens in my opinion. So we'll see what he can do with all the offensive talent he has in Baker Mayfield, possibly Jarvis Landry, and Odell Beckham Jr., um, Nick Chubb, obviously. With that, I'm switching gears to some of the NFL playoffs. Um, first off, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Houston Texans. This was a very, very weird game. I mean, the Texans were up 24-0 in the first half. Then the Kansas City Chiefs scored something like 28 unanswered points, and it ended in a 51-31 blowout win for the Chiefs when they themselves were being blown out 24-0 in the first half. Before the Texans, Deshaun Watson had a great game, 31-52, 388 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, he rushed for a touchdown as well. None of the Texans running backs had any touchdowns. And uh, the Texans kicker provided seven points. But for the Kansas City Chiefs, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, Jesus Christ, what a game. 23 of 35, 321 yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions. At one point in the second quarter, the Chiefs scored three touchdowns in a span of three minutes. Absolutely insane stuff. Damian Williams rushed for two touchdowns as well for the Chiefs. He averaged about four yards a carry. And... Harrison Butker provided nine points with his leg. The Chiefs advanced to the AFC Championship game to face none other than the Tennessee Titans, who shocked the Baltimore Ravens 28-12 on the road. The 11-7 Titans beat the 14-3 Ravens. Absolutely insane. Um, or 10, It was 10-6 and 14-2 and coming in, but God damn. Ryan Tannehill went 7-14 with a whopping 88 yards. But he did throw two touchdowns and no interceptions. Derrick Henry threw a passing touchdown as well. And he was unbelievable on the rush. Rushing for 195 yards on 30 carries, averaging 6.5 a carry. He, after that game, became the first ever player in the NFL history to rush for at least 180 yards a game in three straight games. Absolutely insane stuff. The Titans kicker provided four points as well. For the Ravens, I mean... It was tough for Lamar Jackson. He went 31 of 59. Lamar Jackson threw the ball 59 times, but he did throw for 365 yards with one touchdown and two interceptions. So not the best game for Lamar, but he um, passed for over 365 yards. He rushed for over 143 yards with over seven yards a rush. So he had over 500 yards from scrimmage. So he put the team on his back. The defense didn't show up. The rest of the offense didn't show up. A very, very 
sad way for the uh, Ravens to end their season, but it's very cool that the Titans, the Cinderella story, are pulling this off, beating the Patriots in Foxborough, Foxborough beating the Ravens on the road as well. Now setting up a date with the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead uh, in the AFC Championship game. The AFC Championship game, absolutely insane what uh, Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry are pulling off, and it's very, very cool. Uh, now on the NFC side of things, in the first game, the San Francisco 49ers took care of the Minnesota Vikings 27-10 to at home. For the Vikings, Kirk Cousins went 21-29 of with 172 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. So a pretty average game for Kirk Cousins. No rushing touchdowns for the Vikings. And their kicker uh, provided for four points, Dan Bailey. For the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo didn't have the greatest of games either. He went 11 of 19 for 131 yards, a touchdown, and interception. So a similar game to Kirk Cousins, but the difference was the difference was the running game. For the 49ers, Tevin Coleman had 105 yards uh, across 22 carries, averaging about five yards a carry with two rushing touchdowns. That was the biggest difference. And the 49ers kicker, Robbie Good, provided nine points. So the difference was the rushing and kicking game between the two teams in the other in the in the other NFC divisional game the green bay packers edged the seattle seahawks 28 to 23 at home to advance to the NFC championship game and set up a road game against the san francisco 49ers for the seahawks russell wilson went 21 of 31 with 277 yards only one touchdown and no interceptions marshawn lynch i mean he did have two rushing touchdowns but he had only 26 yards over 12 carries, averaging just over two yards a carry. But again, two rushing touchdowns, and their kicker provided five points. So a pretty disappointing game for the Seahawks. Aaron Rodgers had a great game, 16 of 27, 243 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, the, um, Aaron Jones rushed for two touchdowns as well, despite only averaging about three yards a carry. Their kicker provided four points as well. So the NFC and AFC championship games are set. Uh, on Sunday, January 19th at 12.05 p.m. Pacific time, it is the Tennessee Titans taking on the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City. The game is going to be on CBS. I'll be watching. And then later that day at 3.40 p.m. Pacific time, the Green Bay Packers taking on the San Francisco 49ers um, in San Francisco on Fox. I'll be watching that as well. My predictions, I got the Chiefs and the 49ers uh, playing each other in the Super Bowl, and I think the 49ers are going to win the Super Bowl over the Kansas City Chiefs. That's Those are my predictions as of right now. So, yeah. So, uh, spent some time on the NFL playoffs. Now, I'm going to be... Now, we're covering some NBA basketball, some um, Lakers, some Lakers drama. So, as the Lakers look to fortify their roster for a deep playoff run, Kyle Kuzma's name continues to pop up in trade rumors. Not that he seems to care, though. Quote, nah, that's for y'all to talk about. Kuzma told reporters Saturday when asked if trade speculation had sparked a strong play recently. I've been through it multiple times, and obviously I see it, but it don't even matter at this point. Kuzma is coming off his, se- his best back-to-back stretch of games this season, scoring 26 points in a victory over the Dallas Mavericks on Friday, before, 30, before pouring in 36 a night later in a win over the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, and as a Laker fan, that game against the Oklahoma City Thunder is arguably the best win of the season, considering the fact that we had no LeBron James, no Anthony Davis, no Danny Green playing one of the hottest teams, if not the hottest team in the NBA in the Oklahoma City Thunder on the road on the second night of a back-to-back after playing a very good Dallas team um, the night before and winning by 15 points. I mean, that's a great game, considering that the Oklahoma City Thunder, as I said, one of the hottest teams, if not the hottest team in the NBA 
couple nights before the Laker game, beat the Houston Rockets at home, who obviously have James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Clint Capella, Eric Gordon. They're a playoff championship contender themselves. So great win for the Lakers. Um, you know, not going to lie, about a week ago, a few several days ago before these big two games, I was a proponent of the Lakers trading Kyle Kuzma for someone like Bogdan Bogdanovich, where they would, you know, likely give up Avery Bradley in a draft pick as well. But, you know, Kyle Kuzma is a scorer with Anthony Davis out. He scored 36 points. That's what the Lakers and Laker fans like myself are expecting of him to be that big third option alongside LeBron James and Anthony Davis and the potential second option in case one of them gets injured and he's showing that he could do that. So I don't think it makes sense to trade him at this point. Also, considering the fact that he's so young and he makes such little money in the modern NBA, I mean, that's that is definitely of value. Switching gears now to some MLB baseball. Jeff Lono and manager AJ Hinch have each been suspended for the 2020 season without pay as part of Major League Baseball's ruling in the team sign-stealing controversy. The league announced the decision Monday per Mark Feinstein of MLB.com. Jeff Paston of, M- of ESPN first reported the news. In the wake of the penalties, Lono and Hinch were fired by the Astros. A decision team owner Jim Crane announced in a press conference on Monday. The organization has also been fined $5 million and will forfeit its first and second round picks in 2020 and 2021, according to The Athletic. Former Astros assistant GM Brandon Todman, who who the team fired in October after an outburst at female reporters, has also been placed on baseball's ineligible list. Um, So Boston Red Sox manager Alex Cora will face, quote, harsh punishment as well for his role as a bench coach on the 2017 2017 team, but New York Mets manager Carlos Beltran and others who played for the Astros at the time will not be disciplined. Houston's punishment comes in the wake of MLB's investigation and that back in that began in November amid claims of cheating. Uh, covered that extensively. So the Astros che- cheated. It's now known that they cheated the Dodgers out of World Series and the Yankees, the Yankees, out of uh, a World Series appearance in 2017. I mean, this, this is essentially a slap a slap on the wrist. Yes, they. Suspended manager AJ Haynes and GM Jeff Luno, um, who were then f- which for one season, which it doesn't seem like much, but then they were fired by the Astros. So at this point, I don't see anyone really hiring them because of how tainted it's all going to look and how bad it's all going to look from a PR perspective. But you know, ask any team, ask any, ask any fan of any team, ask any GM, any owner. Would you trade a few draft picks and $5 million in exchange for a World Series championship? The answer 10 times out of 10, 100 times out of 100 will always be yes. In this case, the Astros lost a few things, but none of them come close to um, the fact that they still won a World Series. I mean, they cheated. It's despicable, but they still won. They're still world champions. There's no denying that. The MLB decided not to strip them of their title, which I disagree with, but it is what it is. What it is. This doesn't really this doesn't really prevent teams from cheating in the future, in my opinion. It's going to be very interesting to see what the MLB decides to do with the Boston Red Sox because you know they were also caught cheating very recently, and the fact that Alex Cora basically learned or was a part of what the Astros were doing in 2017, and then employed that on his own Red Sox team a year later, who they then who then also won a World Series. I mean, it's just whole, it's just really despicable. Um, it's really, really upsetting too. I mean, the, the sport loses integrity when things like this happen. And uh, as a Dodger fan, it's it's really, really unfortunate and kind of um, just sad because, like, you know, the Dodgers watched both of these teams celebrate at Dodger Stadium, winning the World Series each time. 
and um you know there was just so much so much mystery in 2017 as to like how the Houston hitters were able to just pound the Dodger pitchers in Houston and not in LA. And now we know they cheated. I mean, they were able to light the Dodger pitchers up because they cheated and they knew what pitch was going to come. But, you know, it's very unfortunate. And uh, I guess sometimes cheaters do win. That's just how it goes. I mean, life is unfair and you just got to move on. Anyway, switching gears to college football, the national championship game has been played. And uh, Joe Burrow has been welcomed to college football immortality. The LSU Tigers quarterback tallied six touchdowns and capped off his Heisman Trophy winning season by leading his team to a 42-25 victory over the Clemson Tigers on Monday at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome in New Orleans to win the college football playoff national championship game. This is LSU's first championship win in the college football playoff era and their first national title since the 2007 season. As for Clemson, this marks a missed opportunity to cement itself as an unquestioned dynasty. The Clemson Tigers, since LSU is also known as the Tigers, were looking for back-to-back championships and a third title in four years, which would have been the most in the college football playoff era. Instead, quarterback Trevor Lawrence lost the first game of his collegiate career, and Clemson is still tied with Alabama with two college football playoff championships apiece. I mean, Joe Burrow, 31-49, of passing for 463 yards, five touchdowns and no interceptions, 58 yards rushing and one rushing touchdown. An unbelievable season, over 5,500 yards total. 60 touchdowns, only six interceptions. Unbelievable. The best college football season of all time. No doubt about it. I mean, those stats that I just listed, also winning the Heisman and leading his team to an undefeated season, winning national, winning the national championship. It just doesn't get any better than that. And uh, just a huge win for LSU. With that said, that's all I have for this episode of Sean Sports of number 279. Thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, I'll see you guys in the next one. Peace. I see.